Oregon. Now we have Josh Jelinski taking a closer look at the Dave Ramsey video that he spoke about with David McKnight in the previous interview. This clip is so good. He's like going off. Let's listen to this, guys. This disturbing video rant from Dave Ramsey. So my question today is I'm baby step four, five, and six. I have about 120000 saved for retirement. That's across my IRA, my Roth IRA, my wife's Roth IRA, and the 401k. How old are you? And I, uh, 30 years old. Good for you. Well done. Thank you. I feel, from what I've been running the numbers with, that I'm on the teetering edge of coasting financial independence. And I'm trying to best understand my plan with the end in mind. So how I'm going to turn that nest egg when I retire into income. I found on your website uh, a little article that talks about a uh, 4 to 5% withdrawal rate. And I was trying to run the numbers around that. And I thought I was close. And then about, a, what was it, a month ago, George Camel released a video that said that the withdrawal rate for a 30-year time horizon should be closer to 3%. So if, if I can establish financial independence comfortably, then I was wondering if I could ease up on baby step four to pay off the house faster. Okay, I'm a little confused because I don't know what the hell George is doing doing a 3% withdrawal rate because that's absolutely wrong. I don't, I'm going to have to find out where that video is and get it taken down because um, that's just wrong. You don't need to have a 3% withdrawal rate. That's ridiculous. Um, or I hope you misunderstood. I hope we didn't put out trash like that. Was it 4 to 5%? Like maybe, No, it shouldn't be 4 to 5%. It ought to be more than that. I mean, if you're well, making uh, 12 in good mutual funds and the S&P is average 11.8, and if inflation for the last 80 years has averaged 4%, if you make 12 and you need to leave 4% in there for inflation raises, that leaves you 8 so I'm perfectly comfortable drawing eight. But if you want to be a little bit conservative, seven. But sure, not five or three. Pauses. This is disgusting. Do you, do you understand what he's saying, folks? 12% is the average rate of return. I'd like to know where is that product that gets 12% every single year religiously? It doesn't exist. What Dave's doing here is extrapolating what, what a lot of us do because our minds think linearly. They don't think so. If the broader stock market averages are somewhere more between 7 and 10%, that's not 7 every year. It's at 7 as an arithmetic mean. But what he's doing is actually this right here is a weapon of financial misinformation. And maybe he doesn't mean it that way, but there is no way that an 8% withdrawal rate is safe. There have been numerous studies by Wade Fowle where he posed a 1.9% save withdrawal rate. William Bengen talks about a 4% save withdrawal max rate. He was the founder of the 4% rule in what's called the uh, Trinity study. Nobody should be taking 8% of a retirement fund unless you want to literally spend all your money and be broke in retirement, which sounds like a great idea, Dave. Well, I was trying to back check it because, you know, three to five, I thought that was a big range. And a lot of the studies I found showed... Well, there's a lot of studies that are stupid in this space. So It's just wrong. Listen, man, the math I just gave you is the math. If you're making 12% and inflation is four, 
and you leave four in there, so your nest egg grows by four, it's simple. Eight is what's left over. So if you got a million dollars and you leave four percent in there, that's forty thousand bucks. Okay, so you now have a million forty. So the next year you get your you get a rate of return of twelve percent, eleven and a half percent on the million forty. Mm-hmm. And the next year it'll be you know a million ninety, one point one. Right? Stop right there. What is he doing? He's taking. He's assuming you're making twelve percent every year. That doesn't exist. If a 12% mutual fund existed, sign me up right now. But there is no way that the SEC would let anybody advertise that they're making 12% every year because it's not true. It is not. Now, there might be the long-term. What is the long-term equity returns on the S&P? Um, well, we can just Google this. And by the way, that doesn't account for fees, doesn't account for taxation. So if we go here, and we go a uh, long term equity returns. Um, the Chicago Center for Price Research. So, according to Nerd Wallet, James Royal and Ariel O'Shea, they say the average stock market return is about 10% per year for nearly the last century, as measured by the SB index. But the SME index was down like 20% last year. It's not a static rate of return. Like, and people are giving that type of advice. In fact, according uh, to stock data from macrotrends.net, and data here is intended solely for informational purposes, not for trading purposes, and also realize that you can't invest in the SP 500 purely without having some index fund, which may have an expense ratio. They're usually low, like 0.04% or something like that. But the, the five-year returns from 2018 to 2022 were 7.51%. The 10-year returns from 2013 to 2022 were 1041 But the prior 10, the 10 years from 2000 to 2010, the market didn't do anything. It was flat. It was a lost decade for equity investors. The last 20 and 30 years, the average is more like 7.52% from 1993 to 2022, and 7.64% from 2003 to 2022. And that doesn't count fees, that doesn't count taxes, that doesn't count, that That means you literally bought the index and never sold it for 30 straight years or 20 straight years, which means nobody ever does that. You gotta pay for college, you gotta pay for the first time home purchase. So the, the problem is he should really be using 7%, return just to be a little more conservative on that estimate, not 12. Um, back in the day, I had heard it was some mutual fund that he used it and he used the numbers from 1927, but this is ridiculous. And because you're, so your nest egg is growing by the rate of inflation, giving you a cost of living raise every year. So as long as you're doing that, you're fine. Uh, and, and so if you would want you, to be a you, little bit conservative, maybe 5%, would you say but there's all these goobers out there have always put this 4% crap in the market. And I'm just irate right now that we have joined the stupidity. What? Stop right there. He's calling his own employee a goober. Hey, I'm a goober. We're all goober at times, but you know what? Watch his, watch his, his daughter is trying to pull him back from a big mishap. Why is it that stupid though? Like, I it's just too wanna- low. It's too low because it's not realistic. Stop. She's saying, why is that stupid? It's not stupid. 
It's smart. Somebody should give that guy a raise. <laughs> and it should be Dave. <laughs> Go ahead. You do not need to live on 4% of your money for your nest egg to survive. Yeah. Even if you did a rate of and return of 10% uh, or something. Yeah. And what it sets up is this guy now, he, he doesn't he doesn't think he's got enough money. And he's already got $120,000 and he's 30 years old and he's on a plan. He's on a plan to be very wealthy and he's worried he's going to have enough money or not. Yeah. You know, because because we people, stupid people put out <laughs> low withdrawal rates like you. But listen, if you, you rather, if okay. you if you think you can only pull off four percent off of investments making 12, where the flip is the other eight percent going? Well, four percent of it went to inflation. That's where it went. The other four percent is just sitting there. So you are growing your investments instead of living off of them. I'm not destroying the nest egg. I'm not even touching the nest egg. I'm growing the nest egg by leaving 4% eight, in there. Yeah. Taking 8 off of a 12 okay, so, growth so rate. So go go a 10% rate of return. Go a little bit more conservative with your rate of return. Go 10%. What would you do with 10%? Stop right there. Stop. It's not more conservative. It is truth. I am looking at long-term equity returns for the last 30 years, 20 years. They're not 10%. There's seven and a half, and that doesn't account for fees. If you use a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro, they're not doing this for free. If you use any fiduciary advisor, generally going to charge between one and one and a half percent or something. And so, but even if you had no fees taken out, that's seven and a half percent. So what I did here, so if you did the historicals and you started, so I'm looking right now, the S&P data, and my data is from large cap stocks, so Standard & Poor's 500 composite total return, including reinvested dividends. So S&P total return. So what's 30 years ago from today? 20, because we didn't get the full returns from 2023 yet. So if you go 30 years back, which includes the gay 90s when everybody was happy and the market was booming, kind of like the roaring 20s, the mathematical average for those 30 years from 92 to 2021 was 10.65% net return after um, the gross return was 12.11. But if you account for the fact that you have losers and winners in there, 12.11 is reduced to 10.65%. Then if you factor in taxes, that's more. Then if you add this year, so if you, if you add last year, which was bad, and you started in 1993, you go down from that 12 to 9.65%. No fees, no taxes. So the big fallacy here is a static rate of return being used and not, you know, to say, hey, we're going to have a period like 2000 to 2022. 2000 to 2002, market was down negative 9.1, negative 11.89, negative 22.1, then positive 28, positive 10.88, positive 4.91, positive 15.79, positive 5.49, then a negative 37. So that's 9.65. If you change that, by the way, and you say, well, we're going to start in the year 2000 and do the last 23 years. You go down to 6.26 as the net return. 
The arithmetic mean, that's also a, a big problem when people do these numbers. The arithmetic mean is the numbers averaged. The net return is what a dollar would have really earned. So you could have 100,000 that you put into an account and you lose 50%, you're down to 50 grand. You then make 100 grand to break even the next year. Your average is 25%, but your net is zero. That's the difference between average return and net return. And by the way, I didn't add an expense, which even an index fund would have an expense of like, let's say 0.04. That lowers it to 6.22. If you add an advisor in there, that's even less. Advisors have a valuable role in behavioral economics, behavioral finance, keeping you aligned with your plans. Vanguard did a study called Vanguard Advisor Alpha that said those advisors who use index funds do better than those who just use index funds with no advisors. That's from Vanguard, like one of the pioneers and leaders in index funds. So then if we go back to the S&P since 1928, which is where they get the long-term historical data, and if we go, I don't know, 99 years out, that average, that's where they're getting the 12%. Because if you go from 1928 to where we have research compiled by University of Chicago to 2022, um, you're down to, that's where they're getting the 12% um, based on the 90, whatever, the 94, 95 year history. That's, I guess, where he's getting 12% from. If you, if you do the numbers from 1928 to 2022. But who the heck has a 95- year time horizon. I don't. Do you? Give me a break. Well, then four off of that. So six. Six. Yeah. But I, why, we, why are you going to underinvest? Yeah. I mean, this year, the S&P to date was 10%. Is, is 10%. And we're not even at the end of the year yet. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and everybody's talking about how bad the economy is. So, you know, I, most years mine have done much better than 12 and so I'm. But wouldn't I, you? But if you can do your standard of living though, lower than what you need. Like if you don't need. If you don't need it, that's fine. Yeah. Like I'm 62. I'm pulling or 63. I'm pulling nothing off of mine. Right. Because I don't need it. I still work. I still have an income. Right. 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 I, I don't need any of it. So but, it's all just. Sitting but there you growing. could do but four percent. The, the problem is, is when you go down these stupid nerd rabbit holes in these Reddit threads with these morons who live in their mother's basement with a calculator, and then you then you put that out into the dadgum community, and then people go, I don't have enough money. It's hopeless. I'll never be able to save enough to retire. A million dollars should create for you an $80,000 income, boys and girls. So you should, perpetually, like if forever, you should be able to pull 80000 forever and never destroy it. Now that that and so when you tell people that a million dollars creates a forty thousand dollar income, you go, oh, I've got to have two million dollars, and I can't make that. Then the this system yeah, doesn't yeah. work. Stop right there. Stop right there. So what I did is I took a million dollars, I added it to my geek living in their mother's basement, which I'm not, which I would find offensive. That was his employee, but um, there you go. Hey, um, I might quit if I was that guy. This guy's supposed to be the heir apparent 
to one of the, you know. So what I did is I took a million dollars, took 80 grand a year and played it from 1928, which is that mythic period that he talks about. Guess when you would run out of money? 1939. Now you might say, well, we're not going to go through the 20s and 30s. But we live in uncertain times where World War could be upon us. But let's let's get a little more positive. And I'm going to start in, we'll use 20-year increments. And I'm going to start in 1948. Period of robust economic expansion. It worked from 1948 to 1966. Dave's plan. If it was all in the market, but how many people, how many retirees put 100% of their money in the market? Nobody. Maybe you want to have 20% in cash. Maybe you want to have 40% in bonds, whatever it might be. Hedges. So what if you did, for, so from 1928, you'd be broke. If you started this in 1928, you would be broke in 12 years. If you started in 1948, Dave's plan works. If you start at 1966, you are broke in 1983. So it depends on which period of time you are suggesting. That is why these geeks living in their mother's basement, although I don't live with my mother, I live with my wife in my house, pretty happy. But it depends on which 20-year increment. From 1986 to 2006, Dave's strategy worked. But from 2000 to 2020, the last 20 years, uh, you'd be broke in your 11. So the idea is this type of irresponsible financial reporting has devastating consequences by unregulated financial media heads. And I'm not saying we should go regulate financial media types, but no fiduciary in their right mind would give this in information or, or advice. They would give more advice like what George Camel talked about, not what Dave Ramsey talked about. So George Camel should be given a raise. What say you? So what you're doing with this bogus math is you're stealing people's hope. That's why I'm pissed about it because it's hope stealing with super nerds that have never really done anything to start with. They don't have any investments. They just have theories. I've actually freaking got investments. Never actually done anything. You're talking about like your number two host. The one that wasn't your daughter. Actually, your daughter seems like a smart woman. She's talking off the ledge. The other one is your non-relative that you chose to be like your financial heir to your whole dynasty. I'd be careful there. Go ahead. My money is actually invested exactly the way I teach people to invest it. And I'm easily making 12% on my money. Easily. You know, average throughout yeah, a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just asinine that we do this stuff. So no, honey, you need to save 15% of your income in baby step four till you get your house paid off. When your house gets paid off, you will increase your investing ratios above that. You are not going to retire poor. Stay away from 4% withdrawal rate morons who are telling you this is the thing. So, God, it's just aggravating. So, I, I, yeah.
I can see the hope because ceiling. Because it I, makes people think they need $2 million yes. when they only need a $1 million. Yeah. Or it makes them think they need $8 million when they only need $4 million. Yeah. And here's the way the end of the story is this. No one ever actually ends up ever with what you thought you were going to end up with. Right. Ever. Stop right there. That's a good point. I, I have no problem with the last three points. A lot of the financial planning community is wired to make you feel poor. I get that. I, I want to give hope to the masses, but I don't want misinformation. So I don't have a problem with what he's saying here. Kind of makes sense. Uh, I have a problem with the use of a linear number, 12% per year, every year in some simple calculation, which the math will not hold up. I mean, did he flunk math? Next. So you're sitting there at 30 or 29 years old and you're doing these projections which is okay to do the projection sure sure and you project out there and you go okay i'm gonna have 1.7 million dollars at this current rate yeah but you know what you haven't factored in is between now and 35 years from now when you're 65 you're gonna run into flying monkeys wicked witches have you seen the wizard of oz you're gonna be on the yellow brick road and, sometimes and 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 Glenda, you're gonna, sometimes and the you're going to have money drop in your hands who's great. out of nowhere. You're going to make more money than you ever need. You're going to have ruby red slippers sometimes, and sometimes you're going to have flying monkeys stealing them. And at the end of the story, you're not your little projection is not accurate. You're going to make a usually most people end up with about two x of what they thought they were going to end up with if they stay on their plane. Right, right. Stop right there. Most people do not end up with two x. Who, who knows anybody? My parents end up with negative 2X. <laughs> My dad got disabled. Yeah, I've been blessed, but I know many people, they get disabled, they get cancer, they have to pay for college, they, they lose their job in their 50s because they get pushed out of work and they weren't making what they ever did and all that money that they were supposed to save in their 50s, they didn't. I do think there's a good point here about financial calculations are just that, they're projections. They never come exactly true. And there are different wealth eroders that could wage war. He uses the term flying monkeys. I actually like that. It's like a good analogy. But Glenda the Good Witch, not everybody gets Glenda the Good Witch. Most of the time, they get wealth eroding factors, taxes, inflation, disability, early death, you know, whatever can go wrong will in many cases. And I do think for those who save religiously 15%, I would agree with them. Those are the people that get lucky because they're not really lucky. They have ready money because they have low debt. So that I'm in agreement to. So you can agree with, with these talking heads, but also critique things that they say that's kind of dumb. Next. Here's another thing. Here's what happens between 30 and 65. Your income goes up almost every freaking year. Your income goes up. I mean, you think about what people made 40 years ago. Stop right there. I don't agree with that. I would like that to be the case, but a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people, they made 50 grand 10 years ago. They're making 50 grand this year. You know, life sometimes throws you lemons. You got to make lemonade out of it. But it seems like he's been very blessed financially and he's projecting that on his listener, which may or may not be the case. Go ahead. As an average income. When I started this show 30 years ago, the average household income in America was 40. You know what it is now? 73. That's average. And so if you're just average.
average, your income's gonna double. And if you're actually doing these nerd calculations, you're already above average. <laughs> so, oh my God, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And I tell you, the, the, <laughs> the financial industry and their moronic paralysis of the analysis pisses me off to no end. So stop right there. Let's talk about this. So he talks about the average salary being 40 grand when he started out. I believe he started out about 30 years ago in 1992. If you take 30 years ago, what, what rate of return is 40 grand growing to 73 grand? Is that double? No, it's a 2.03% growth rate. So our expenses are going up exponentially. Our income is going up by 2%. That's the reality for most people. Not doubling your money every 10 minutes, 10 years. I get it. If you are a long-term equity investor, inflation becomes a force for good rather than a force for bad. So be positive. But again, all of these geeks that he's talking about will actually govern his, his advice so that it's better advice for the general public. But first, I want you to go to retirenow.info. That's retirenow.info. You get four free gifts. When you schedule and keep your no-obligation review by going to my office uh, phone line now, 888-988-JOSH. We do have operators standing by at 888-988-5674. Request our free retirement reality check, 45 minutes with you truly, with yours truly, and you'll get the social security claiming strategy. That is customizable. Maximize my social security Normally, a value, I think you go on the website, MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. It'll be normally $40. We'll give it to you for free. And you'll get the Retirement Reality Checkbook for free. That's my Amazon best-selling book. And you get a 45-minute Ultimate Wealth Game Plan. I feel like Santa Claus today. I'm giving away so much. So call the phone now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. 